everybody. My name is Karen Ender and welcome back to the Model Tongue Podcast, a podcast where we discuss all things mental health, mental illness, body positivity, self-worth, and the importance of finding your voice. Today, I speak with Ariel Taylor, a surrogate mom and advocate for assisted reproduction awareness and surrogacy education. Ariel is eager to change the way infertility is approached, especially regarding the mental health of surrogates, intended parents, and those using assisted reproduction to start their families. With so many stigmas and stereotypes in the fertility community, Ariel's social media aims to educate and share awareness surrounding assisted reproduction. In this episode, she reveals what she believes is missing in the industry and how it's approached. She also breaks down how to become a surrogate and what to consider if you are looking for one. Thank you so much for your continued support. As always, just a reminder that every button you hit helps us over here at The Model Tongue continue to do what we so want to do, which is help people find their voice all in the spirit of empowering communities. So if you like this episode, please be sure to check out others and be sure to hit that like, comment, subscribe, and share button because they all help. <laughs> thank you so much and a big thank you to Ariel super inspired by this story and i'm really excited for you guys to hear it welcome ariel hi ariel <laughs> hi thank you so much for joining me today i really appreciate it yeah of course i'm so we we're just chatting off camera and i'm so excited about this episode so excited to hear your thoughts and you and let's just dive right in because i don't i want to waste any time <laughs> i want to hear all of your thoughts and opinions on being a surrogate being trauma-informed in the fertility world, the gaps that are missing, what we need more of. So why don't you just share a little bit about yourself and, <laughs> and your Instagram where people can find you and your journey. Sure. So my name is Ariel Taylor. My Instagram tag is at carried with love. So carried.with.love. Um, and I am a four-time experienced surrogate. I am currently 29 weeks pregnant on a sibling journey for a baby I carried three and a half years ago. Um, so this is my fourth surrogate pregnancy, although it will be my third delivery as my first journey ended in a miscarriage. So um, I've kind of been part of the fertility world and infertility world and surrogacy world for about five and a half years now. Um, um, and admittedly, I didn't know a lot about surrogacy when I first went into it. I signed up with an agency and kind of just got started. But recently in the last couple of years, I've really tried to um, integrate myself into the community and learn and use my education as kind of more of a platform to be able to inform people about assisted reproduction and be able to share my experiences in a way that can inspire and help other people through their own fertility journeys as well. So, so basically kind of with all that being said, I've kind of tailored my education around this as well. I have uh, my first degree was in childhood and behavioral studies. And then I also uh, had kind of um, a minor, which I'm not quite finished yet. I'm a few credits short of my minor in thanatology and death and dying studies. So I did a big focus on grief and loss, um, which has kind of helped, especially through, uh, you know, the surrogacy and infertility world, since grief and loss and trauma is a big part of that for couples going through infertility and for surrogates going through the process as well. And then um, I started school a few years ago and I actually graduated in April. And at that point I'll be a registered social worker. 
And I have tailored my education and all of my learning towards infertility. I've done a big focus on postpartum care and specific theories and strategies that work with infertility couples, that work with surrogates, donors, uh, the people kind of in the fertility community, as well as people going through postpartum depression, um, which I think is actually something that's really lacking because I think a lot of people assume that when you go through infertility and you have a baby, all of that trauma just goes away, uh, which is not the case. A lot of people that go through infertility and use surrogates or use IVF or other forms of assisted reproduction to get pregnant, um, have the same rates of postpartum depression as those who were able to conceive the old fashioned way. And I think it's kind of important for myself to be really trauma informed and be able to kind of use my experience and use my knowledge in this community to be able to advocate and provide counseling services. So once I graduate in April, um, I'm actually just in the process of starting kind of my own practice and business and be able to counsel and advise and kind of walk this journey along with um, intended parents and provide support for their surrogates and provide support during the postpartum period as well. Fertility discussion is, I find something that is often missed and just never talked about. Um, but for some reason, people get, it really fires people up too. People have a lot of opinions and, you know, as someone who, like, we were, you know, I was sharing with you, we, we are in the process of family planning and it looks a little bit different for us. It's not going to be your traditional, like the old fashioned way kind of quotations, <laughs> but even like I I've seen, I've experienced comments before. I've also seen comments cause you, you know, you share a lot on your Instagram. I've seen in your stories where you um, post comments or <laughs> DMS that you get that are, you know, I look at them as wildly inappropriate, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what, what is, what is it? Do you think about the conversation around fertility that just gets people angry because I have friends as well you know we had Ladon my friend Ladon on here a little while ago she is a fertility advocate in Newfoundland because there's not a lot of fertility options there mm-hmm. and um you know people you you always hear the, the same kind of thing well you should just adopt and and then you also touched on that on in your Instagram too you're like <laughs> well adoption is also available for people who are capable of having children the, the the old traditional way and so why do you think there's so much just anger and confusion <laughs> and opinions when it comes to fertility I think people are just <laughs> I think anger is a good word I think uh, fired up passionate even uh, about things that they just are uneducated about. And I think part of, you know, when I started my Instagram just over a year ago, it was really with the intention to just kind of share my surrogacy journey with my friends and family. So people could kind of follow along. And then it really blew up and it started really becoming very popular. And I'm like, you know what, I have this platform, I have the training, I have the knowledge and the experience. And if I have this platform, I'm going to use it to educate. And, you know, there are always people that don't agree with surrogacy. They don't understand assisted reproduction. They just simply just don't know how it works. And I think a lot of these comments and a lot of the feelings around it really come from a lack of education. So I think I really tried to handle negative comments with grace and kindness and and come from an educational background. Of course, there are always going to be the people that are like, this is wrong and I hate everything about it. And, you know, I'm not here to change your mind. I'm not here to, you know, convert you to 
agree with assisted reproduction, but I do think that there's a place to educate and inform and make the general public aware. And I think as we collectively kind of as a society grow in our knowledge towards this, that's where we're going to see changes in insurance covering IVF and in people being more open about IVF and surrogacy and family planning and assisted reproduction and the multiple ways that people become families. And I think a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions about surrogacy, the women that become surrogates, why we choose to do surrogacy, the people that use surrogates. And I think squashing a lot of that and destigmatizing surrogacy is really important for the community to kind of further the direction that we want to go, you know? One of the biggest comments, and maybe you could speak on this, that I get uh, <laughs> when we talk about, you know, that we will be using a surrogate to start a family. And it just makes me just stare off and almost associate because I just, to me, it's, it's, it's a, you know, I know there are no dumb questions, but to me, this is a dumb question. I have so many people say, well, what if the surrogate keeps the baby? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's like, what? Like, you know, it's, it's not like you just got pregnant by, by surprise. This is a whole, it's, it's a whole process. Yes. You yeah. know, it's like that this would, it just would never happen, but that's one of the biggest thing. And again, I, I guess you're right. It comes down to just like educate, lack of education and also fear. Mm -hmm. I just feel everything's run by fear. Of course. And I think too, it has to do a lot with the things that we see in the media and a lot of surrogacy stories that make the media, don't get me wrong. There are some great stories that have made the media and, and shown really positive sides of surrogacy, especially with some celebrities being much more open about their journeys with surrogacy and assisted reproduction. But a lot of the stories that we see or the stories that go viral are these one-off stories where, you know, they did not use a contract, where it was traditional surrogacy, where they, um, you know, did not use a fertility clinic, there was no lawyers or no contract. And in cases like that, the surrogate was the biological mom and the plan was more of a planned adoption type thing, not a surrogacy arrangement, but it's called sur like surrogacy. And I think it's really important to educate people on that those situations are not surrogacy. Yeah. I don't, that <laughs> was one thing I, giving it to somebody is a planned adoption. That's not surrogacy. That's one thing I, that was, that's always my, like my top answer is like, this isn't a Hollywood movie. Like what are you, no, what are you talking no. about? Um, so, okay. How did you get, what, what made you think, you know what, I'm going to be a surrogate. You said that this is a sibling for the, for the, the, mm -hmm. so, okay. There's a family connection of course. And um, that's so special too. That's so cute. But <laughs> yeah. how did you get into surrogacy? Well, to be honest, I kind of, it just kind of came across my plate a little bit, to be honest. I, I knew very little about surrogacy. The knowledge that I did have kind of came from, uh, it, you know, I took a high school parenting class and had a teacher that was like, Oh, and some people use um, surrogates or some people use a sperm donor or some people, you know, do IVF. And it was a very limited conversation. It was like a one thing. So I, I knew kind of that people use surrogates. I did not know much about it. So um, one of the requirements to be a surrogate is that you already have a child of your own that you are raising. So when my daughter was young, I don't know if I saw like a Facebook ad or I kind of saw like something, but something kind of came up about an agency and I was like, oh, like, I wonder if like, like I could do that. Like I enjoy pregnancy. I, um, you know, I had a good pregnancy with my daughter. I, I was done having kids. And so I was like, 
you know what, maybe I'll look into it. So I did. Um, and I contacted an agency and kind of, it really went very, very quickly. I wasn't kind of expecting it to do that. I did far less research than I would suggest other people do research. I think it's very good for you to research for at least a year before jumping into surrogacy. I think before you become a surrogate, you should be following people going through infertility. You should be knowledgeable about the treatments, the medications, the side effects. You should know the process. You should know how IVF works. You should know all the acronyms. Um, you should follow people that go through this, join the big Facebook groups, and really have a very deep understanding of surrogacy before you get started. I did not, <laughs> but this is, uh, you know, part of the reason that I advocate so much for doing research, because I think it would have really helped me through my journey to be more educated. I really had to learn as I go. Um, you know, so I signed up, I was quickly matched, um, with a family local to me. My first journey, unfortunately ended in a miscarriage at 16 weeks. Uh, the baby stopped growing at 13 weeks. I didn't find out or my body didn't kind of start responding until 16 weeks. Um, and that's kind of when we went to the hospital and, and found out something was wrong. So, um, yeah, I was very unprepared for that. I think going into surrogacy, I was like, this is so great. I'm a surrogate. I'm going to help somebody. And I, I, to be perfectly honest, I think I had a little bit of a savior complex um, that I was going to just come in and save the day for this family. And then I went through a loss. And, you know, with my background and training in traumatic loss and things like that, I, I, I think I kind of gained a lot of empathy during that. It was a hard period. I went through a lot of counseling. Um, obviously, as a future counselor, I advocate for counseling big time. And it's usually part of every surrogacy contract. And I don't think it's utilized enough. I think it should be, you know, strongly advised that surrogates get counseling, even as, you know, a therapeutic monitoring approach through the process to have somebody, uh, a neutral third party to talk to and process things with, I think is really important. Um, but yeah, I did go through a lot of counseling after that loss. And I think what I got out of that and what I was able to reframe is that something bad happened to me and I'm able to use that experience to help other people through loss and to be more empathetic for these intended parents. Because for me, that was the first loss I had gone through. But for my intended mom, this was like multiple loss. Like this was the, the not the first time, not the second time. I don't even think it was the third time. And what I've learned through kind of this community is that that's very common for a lot of these intended parents and intended moms. And the fact that they've gone through all of that and the resilience you see to keep going, like, I think I just like a light bulb went off and I was like, oh my gosh, like, who was I to just come in and, and pretend like I was going to save the day just by giving them a baby? Um, you know, I by no means think that I am a superhero by being able to grow a baby and have a functioning uterus. And my intended mom would be like, oh my God, Ariel, like be quiet. You're the best thing in the world. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I really think that being able to take a step back and being like, you know what, I'm an important part of your journey, but I'm not the whole story to your journey. And being able to kind of recognize that there's so much more to the story here and, and understand everything that they've gone through up until this point. I think that loss really helped me just shift my perspective into that kind of mindset, you know? So after a lot of medical testing and all that kind of stuff, I, um, uh, deemed that, you know, it was not my fault. It, it was likely an embryo issue, uh, right. a genetic issue or something like that. And, uh, I was rematched with, with the family of like this baby's older brother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 
in that pregnancy took two transfers. Um, he, he was born uh, about three and a half years ago and that journey and birth was really great. And I think if people, uh, ask me now, like, why do you do surrogacy? I talk about the moment that my intended mom met her son and they were there, they got to cut the cord, they watched him be born. And I have a video of her when they put the baby like on her chest and just watching her face, just like, just like melt and her yeah. start to just kind of break down a little bit. I was like, gosh, this woman, like has been through so much and, you know, she's done multiple transfers and, and then chose surrogacy, multiple egg retrievals, which are no joke. Um, you know, this stuff is hard and she's finally holding this baby. And I had a part to play in that. And it was one of the most incredible experiences I've ever gone through. And then I went to carry on another baby for, um, two dads actually that live in the States and same thing, you know, like without a surrogate, there's, they would not be able to have a family. Um, you know, unless they chose adoption, um, which for them was not, well, like, that was not what they chose to do. They chose to use a surrogate. And, uh, you know, it's just being able to watch someone become a parent has been really rewarding and being able to be a part of their lives in a little, in a little way. And now being able to carry a sibling for that same family, you know, knowing that I have a little part to play in that is really special. And I think there's a part of me that's just really proud that I was able to help a family in that way you know yeah I think like surrogacy there's no doubt in my mind that it's no joke you know you're you, it's it's your body number one and it's it's time and then everything that goes with pregnancy too <laughs> yeah um, so I think like you, there's a an immense sense of like selflessness and generosity that just where you know you to be able to do that I don't know I, I definitely respect surrogates so so much and I'd have a question about like the timeline so so you you know you you mentioned your education and your and your work and your study in your school so to go in that direction were you always heading in that direction or did your experiences with surrogacy and being in the fertility world through surrogacy kind of influence you to go in this path it definitely my experience it kind of put me here. Um, I think I've always wanted to go into some sort of helping profession. That's kind of just been my whole life. Um, I grew up in a missionary family. My parents were missionaries. Um, we did a lot of work with like children and disadvantaged communities. And I kind of grew up volunteering in soup kitchens and homeless shelters and rehabilitation centers. Um, when I was 15, we went to New York and worked at a treatment center um, for recovering addicts uh, for women. And I just think I, I've always kind of had that compassionate personality and always knew that I wanted to help people as my profession, just not to what capacity. So um, when I went for my first degree, I graduated in 2012. And originally, I wanted to go to teacher's college and and be a teacher was kind of um, that goal. And then I ended up getting married uh, right out of university. So I did not go to teacher's college. I did get my BA, but didn't go on to teacher's college. Um, And I worked for a little bit and stuff. And I just I just knew that I wanted to do more. And then in the last like couple of years, cause so this is now my third year to finish my, um, my social work degree. And really I just, um, social work, <laughs> it was actually kind of funny. I was like, you know what? I think I'd be really good at that. And I was looking up, um, what I did is I went online and I looked up at jobs that I would want and realized that a lot of them had uh, a BSW or an MSW. So a master's of social work or a bachelor's of social work. And so I was like, oh, I should do that. So I ended up in typical aerial fashion. I call the school of social work and I was like, how do I apply? And I had gone to that university already. So um, they kind of looked through, they're like, actually you have 
uh, most of the credentials. Uh, you just have to upgrade a few courses. And <laughs> so the deadline to apply was two days away. And I got all the paperwork. I got all done. I got all my references and I submitted everything in 48 hours um, and ended up getting accepted with the um, stipulation that I would upgrade those courses, which I did in a six week. I did four yeah. university courses in six weeks <laughs> over um, like kind of in, in the spring, spring school, the spring, not yeah. summer school, but like spring school. I, I, those and are so, called like, well, back home, we call those intercession, yes. yeah, yeah, intercession <laughs> courses. I did those yeah. too. Yeah, and yeah. I did four of them in six weeks. It was honestly yeah. a complete nightmare. That's busy. I don't even remember it. But I got them all done. I got accepted. My program only accepts, I think there was, I think there's 45 of us in, in the class. Um, it's very competitive, but I had a good average and I had the prerequisites. So I ended up getting accepted. And I think probably in the last year, because kind of in your last year of studies, you really get to tailor what you're doing. And so, you know, I'll be taking a class on family therapy, but all of my final projects and research I designed around egg donor families, surrogacy created families, assisted reproduction and therapy for families going through that. And so I've kind of been able to use all of my studies to really research and learn and write about assisted reproduction. And then with the counseling background, because my um, school of social work has a very big uh, direct practice focus, that's kind of where I've learned the counseling skills and the direct practice skills. And I'm in a practicum right now, and I am working with clients that, um, you know, are going through infertility or family issues and things like that. So I am seeing clients right now through my practicum. And it's honestly just been really rewarding to kind of see everything that I am so passionate about be a career. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to do this, you know? So once I graduate, I really want to do like direct practice counseling and be able to kind of really walk this with people. And, and is there anything that you've identified? Uh, so I was asking you, so like just in your experiences, like, are there any gaps or any needs that you're seeing? Like, is there something in you that's like, oh, I can't wait to dive into this new endeavor because I want to fix something that I've seen as lacking, whether that's being trauma informed or um, maybe dealing, dealing with the, the deeper rooted mental health issues with some of your clients? Like what is something that stands out to you that you just are so passionate about addressing? Yeah. So I think the reason I kind of am going into counseling is because I have noticed, and I've had a lot of people message me through Instagram and stuff like that. And um, through my Facebook being like, oh my gosh, like, thank you for offering this because we've been looking for a counselor for months and nobody knows anything about infertility. And um, while there are some great counselors out there that work at fertility clinics and things, you know, and work at agencies, there is a general lack of um, general practitioners and general counselors that really know the ins and outs of assisted reproduction. And I think of it this way, you know, if you're paying me as a counselor to talk about infertility, it is a waste of your time to spend the first three sessions describing all the side effects of your medication and, and, and me having to be like, oh, what, what does that acronym mean? Oh, what does that mean? With my knowledge, you know, someone can come in and they can be like, you know, they can talk about their medications. I'm going to know exactly what that was for. I'm going to know why they had to take, you know, if you say Clomid, I know what that's for. If you're telling me like progesterone and oil, I know what that is. If you're saying DPT or, you know, the acronyms that come with fertility, I'm going to know what that means instead of always being like, oh, I don't know what that is. 
And I think just that like tiny little thing is so important because, you know, I'm able to kind of like identify with that right away and be able to jump right into the more like therapeutic process instead of spending so much time just trying to figure out what the client's trying to say. Um, cause you know, it, it is, it is tough. It's tough to be able to kind of get things across to people that don't understand infertility. It really has a whole language of its own. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to reach and connect people on that level um, because, you know, everyone is different. Everyone just, they require something different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember when we went to our fertility clinic, they connected us with a fertility natural path to help with diet and answer questions about yep. what we could do in our lifestyle to improve egg quality. And, you know, a, a huge part of my life is the fact that I, I struggle with bipolar every single day. And I was a little bit disheartened that the naturopath knew, actually knew nothing about bipolar disorder. Mm. Um, and so, you know, like to, to me, I asked, was that a great fit? I'm not quite sure. And so I appreciate um, just the angle and perspective that, you know, you're, you're recognizing that your clients are going to need different things, but you also, you know, if your client, you, you know, things that your client doesn't even know that they need, you're going to, you're going to connect with your clients and be like, you know what, how about this? And essentially blow their minds because you're, you're <laughs> offering a level of care that I think is often missed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think another avenue that I really want to be able to offer for intended parents is be a specific surrogacy counselor. So when intended parents kind of are going through surrogacy and they have a surrogate, you know, I can be hired to um, touch base with their surrogate biweekly or monthly and check in and see how they're doing and be accountable for their mental health and, and help them with self-care strategies and problem solving and kind of talk things out or vent things through the process. And I think that's a really good service too, because when you go through an agency, there is some support there and, and kind of a support system. I know that most agencies have support staff, but typically they're not you know, they're not psychotherapists, they're not social workers, they're not registered practitioners. So being able to kind of have somebody that has that educational background, as well as the personal experience, I think is really valuable for people. And just to be able to have someone to just talk to, um, I think is a really valuable, valuable thing to have for intended parents and surrogates. What is um, just, what is your biggest surprise yet that that has even surprised you about going on the surrogacy journey pertaining to your mental health. Um, hmm. <laughs> I think hmm, I'm like, what a surprise me. Um, You're I like, think, I'm so prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think just recognizing that every journey is so different and there are surrogates that struggle with postpartum depression there are surrogates that struggle with postpartum anxiety their intended parents that struggle with postpartum depression um, having a newborn at home and I think um, I think there's maybe a lack of understanding or a lack of knowledge about that and so I think I was not necessarily surprised, but just kind of found a need there that like, yeah, there is support and postpartum depression, a lot of practitioners and a lot of therapists and stuff like that, that will deal with postpartum depression. A lot of it revolves around strategies to parent and dealing with the newborn. Well, how do you counsel someone with postpartum depression when they don't have the newborn? Right. And I think that's something I'm very knowledgeable about. And I've, I've really, um, part of my placement that I'm doing right now, I'm actually making an entire postpartum 
um, kind of portfolio package that's used for counseling, uh, including scaling questions and assessment tools and different theories to use, um, steps through the process, different session goals, things like that, to work with surrogates especially and new moms going through postpartum but I think that that very specific piece of how do you counsel someone through postpartum depression when the baby is not there that is that's (laughs) mind-blowing I mean not that I ever doubted that it it would be a thing but it's a, a an incredible point it's true it's and very specific, but there's not, specific. there's not a lot of people doing it, you know? So if I, you know, if people are like, I need postpartum support, but I'm a surrogate, you know, I can be somebody that can do that. And I'm going to be knowledgeable in that. That is invaluable. <laughs> no, cause it's true. Cause it, it is, it is such a, a like a niche thing and, and a newer mm-hmm. thing too. Like it's, it's, you know, um, and I know that it's always changing, like the laws of surrogacy and, and, and just how it's done is always constantly changing and evolving. Um, and that's great. It's needed. But for, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I believe the therapy is for everybody. Everyone should be getting therapy, no matter if you have yeah. a disorder or not. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and, and I do stand by that quote. That's like people who have, who go to therapy are there because of the people who won't. Um, so true. But you want to make sure I'm also, you know, pro being in therapy, but be- like benefiting from it. Um, mm-hmm. if, if a style or an approach from someone isn't working, then I encourage people to have the self-advocacy to switch it up, find someone who does help you. Definitely. And that is a, it, to your point, it's so important to know what you need and to find someone who can match that and meet it. Uh, and, but this experience, it, that you have is key. I think that you've done it, you've been there and you can connect and relate to someone on that level. So I'm really excited that you are entering this field because it's so needed to have people like you, more people. Yeah. I'm excited. It's, 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 um, I was talking to my, my fiance actually. And I was like, I can't believe that like, this will be my job. Like I'll get to talk to people about surrogacy and like talk to, to couples and, and to surrogates and, and be able to, to help people and assist people as a career. Like, is this real life? <laughs> it just feels good. Right. I, I feel like I really found something I'm passionate about. I found something I'm very knowledgeable about and I'm continually learning and I'm continually, um, increasing my education around assisted reproduction and working on advocacy for um, our laws in Canada specifically. One one of my classes is a policy development class right now. And we're tasked with writing, um, you know, a letter basically to somewhere in legislation. And I was like, well, I know exactly what I'm going to write about. (laughs) Decriminalization paid surrogacy. Um, You know, so it's kind of, I've been able to use all of my knowledge and all of my training and my schooling to, to be very specific to learning about infertility and how to support the infertility and surrogacy community. That's absolutely incredible. I'm so excited (laughs) for you. No, I am like, I'm so excited. I'm so happy. And I like, I can't wait to see what's to come and follow you and just keep in touch. Um, for anyone. So you talked a little bit about, uh, like, you know, people who want to be a surrogate, You, you mentioned, um, just educate yourself, take the time, get yourself in, involved in all these groups and do as much research as you can. That's amazing. Um, any, any steps or advice for people who are 
uh, thinking about getting a surrogate or have thought about it? So um, I kind of tell people, so if someone came to me and they're like, I need information about getting a surrogate. I think it's really important to get some base knowledge first. So like, are you going through infertility? Have you seen a fertility doctor? Your first step is always to see a fertility doctor. Um, sometimes people will message me and be like, I don't think I can carry. Um, I might need a surrogate. Can you point me in the direction of an agency? And I was like, hold on. <laughs> your very first step is you want to make sure you're paired with a fertility doctor, a reproductive endocrinologist, uh, a fertility clinic. You want to make sure that you're going in and getting all the testing that you and your partner, if you have one need, um, you know, you're going to want to find out do you need a surrogate or do you just need assisted reproduction for yourself? Um, Cause that's kind of that first step uh, creating embryos, doing retrieval, figuring out um, kind of that Avenue is also like kind of what you would like to do first. I think you should kind of already be at a fertility clinic. You should already have embryos and kind of be ready to go uh, when you decide that you, you're going to go through surrogacy. Right. You can either find a surrogate independently or through an agency. Uh, agencies are very valuable, especially if you're a first timer. Um, they're really going to help not only match you with a surrogate, but they're going to kind of help walk you through the process a little bit and make sure your surrogate uh, is, is, you know, uh, meets all the requirements. <laughs> um, your fertility clinic will do that as well. But going through an agency, they're going to match you with someone that generally already meets all those requirements and you won't have to kind of pay all that money to find out, oh no, they don't qualify. Um, and they're going to help walk you through the process. They're going to kind of be that middleman to kind of help. Um, I would say independent journeys can be, can be very successful, but you want to make sure that you're very knowledgeable about what goes into surrogacy, um, that you need two separate lawyers. You need fertility lawyers, your surrogate needs a lawyer and you as the intended parents need a lawyer. You need, um, lawyers that are very specific in fertility law okay. so that they can draft an appropriate contract. You want to make sure that you know all the ins and outs of the requirements for surrogacy, especially if you're going independent. You need to know that your surrogate should have a BMI of under 30. Um, 32 is typically the cutoff. You need to know that one of the requirements for surrogacy is that your surrogate already has her own children. Your surrogate, it's very strongly advised that she's done with her own family first because there are additional risks with IVF. There is a risk of secondary infertility and a surrogate should not go into surrogacy if she is not done her own family or if she wants more children of her own because of those risks. Um, you know, you want to know everything there is to know about needing a surrogate. And that sometimes that can be a little bit overwhelming for intended parents. So agencies are really, really valuable for that. Um, but you know, if you view, like, I'm on an independent journey this time, um, because I already know the intended parents and I already carried for them and we use the same lawyers and all that kind of stuff. So it was a little bit easier to kind of do that. Plus like we already knew that I qualified and you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, like I think it's really good to do a lot of research. You want to have all your ducks in a row at the fertility clinic before you begin looking for a surrogate um, and kind of just really understand everything that goes into it. Your surrogate will have to do medical evaluations, psychological evaluations. They may be required to do background checks. The other thing is really making sure that the surrogate has a support system or a supportive partner if they are partnered Um a surrogate will not pass psychological screening if her partner is not on board with surrogacy. It's very, very important to have a good support system. Um, obviously, as a future counselor, um, support systems are huge for this type of thing. You need to know that your surrogate has people 
and supports in place, not only physical support. So like you have to think if your surrogate goes on bed rest uh, or she's in the hospital at 28 weeks until the birth of the baby or babies, who's going to watch her kids? Who's going to take them to school? If she's single, does she have those supports in place? Um, Mental health support is a big one. So this is something that I'm really hoping to be able to do. So for intended parents that want to make sure that their surrogate has mental health support through this whole thing, I can be hired to check in, to um, meet regularly, to support them through their surrogate journey as well. Right. So making sure that your surrogate has support is, is very, very important. Um, yeah, I think there's just so much research to do and, and it's definitely not something that you just jump into and decide, Oh, I need a surrogate. I'm going to get one tomorrow. (laughs) There's a, a long process. I think a lot of people think surrogacy is a lot easier than it is. Um, it's, it's a long process, especially for intended parents, because likely intended parents have, um, gone through their own treatments or their own course of trying to get pregnant before they turn to surrogacy. Typically surrogacy, um, is kind of a last resort unless of course you're, you're single or you're in a, um, homosexual relationship, because obviously if you're two dads, <laughs> surrogacy or adoption, um, you know, you're obviously not going to be trying IVF on yourself. <laughs> So, you know, I I think it's just about being educated and really taking the time to learn as much as possible um, before going into the process. Very good advice. (laughs) There's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, So you you graduate or you finish your schooling when? April. April. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's coming up very, very quick. Very exciting. I'm actually due April 18th. Oh, my goodness. And I think my, like, last papers are due April 15th. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm uh I'm not sure if I'll be writing like from a hospital bed or submitting essays like two days postpartum. I'm, like, I'm not really sure how it's gonna go yet. <laughs> you are taking care of a lot over there. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I will be sure to put in the description box like where to find you. Um, but just to recap for people, you know, you're you're gonna be offering uh like support like therapy to to mm-hmm. any anyone really, but you would love to specialize with surrogates or intended parents with the process. Yep. Yep. Amazing. (laughs) No, that's like, because, you know, on, on this podcast, I love bringing in people that give a different perspective and light to things. And I was joking with someone yesterday that I, a lot of episodes are leaning towards the fertility thing. It's not even, it's not even intentional. It's just because I find it's a, it's a, it's a conversation and an important topic right now. People need more education on it. Uh, there needs to be more support for people who go through infertility. Um, and like, like you said, just surrogacy, different family planning routes, non-traditional that there needs to be that. So thank you so much for, for not only doing it, but I just, for having the, for having a perspective that I appreciate, which is just the mental health perspective. Like, cause, cause, and there's mm-hmm. the empathetic perspective. I, I really, really respect what you're doing. And I'm so grateful that you are doing what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I will put everything in the description box where to find Ariel and her Instagram, check out her Instagram. It posts, um, amazing things. It's nice to watch like your surrogacy journey. And I'm, I'm looking forward to all of your content. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye.